I'm a big supporter of the side hustle and turning it pro if it does well, like mm. building a laboratory, taking a couple thousand dollars, sticking in a bank account and just be like, if I lose all this, I don't care because it's cheaper than a, that's cheaper than a degree. When a professor goes and tells you and says, well, this is going to work when you get out into the marketing field and you can go back and be like, it didn't work because I just tried it last week. Welcome to the Hometown Founder Podcast, where we talk to entrepreneurs who are doing big things from small places. And now, your host, Kyle Rawson. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast today. I've got a couple of my buddies with me, Thomas Scott and Anthony Armstrong. They are the CEO and COO of Kaibak Outfitters. Uh, say hi to the podcast listeners, guys. Hello, podcast listeners. Hello, all. It's my mom and probably you in three days. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your business, what you guys do. Oh, gosh, I'll shoot on this one. Uh, so Kaibak is kind of the all-encompassing brand of a, of, of a family of apparel brands that we have that we've built from the ground up. We started with Mission Shoe back in 2008, so almost 10 years, and that was for uh, the Mormon missionary boys that run around in their white shirts and, and bother people. <laughs> and then we, uh, we went from there to Vertico Foot Care, uh, which took care of kind of casual men's sandals all the way up to shoe care kits. Um, uh, oh gosh, shower sandals, mm -hmm. foot powders, our pet powder lines under that. Uh, we bought a tie company somewhere in the middle there because we had a, I don't know, a mid-business crisis and it does okay. That's called tag a tie. And then, uh, and then Kaibak is our, is our current main kind of main focus brand. That's where all of our IP goes. And Kaibak does uh, everything from casual men's sandals all the way up to more, you know, d different variations of shower sandals, shirts, beanies, belts, uh, really just anything within the apparel industry and kind of what our target is is we find we find a product and an area that nobody is really exploited uh, within a certain generally within a certain price range we develop a product for that particular area for example our, our vertico slide-ons are one of the top selling shower sandals online um, if you go we started with that product and then said okay well now we have this product it's people like it. How do we develop the brand around that particular product? And we expanded into the foot care industry, and we've got you know, one of the only uh, foot powders, you know, organic, organic. and natural uh, foot powders. Just real, real dorky, boring stuff. But <laughs> hey, we had Lance in here yesterday talking about <laughs> bankruptcy <laughs> watch. No, no offense, Lance. <laughs> so, so. If you had to guess, or do you know, like how many SKUs do you guys have across all your different brands? How many things are you guys selling? Hundreds, thousands? Anthony knows this. It's hundreds. It would be hundreds for sure. Um, it could be encroaching upon. I was gonna say we're thousands. probably knocking. We're like knocking, knocking at the door. So you got you got a heck of a of a operating thing. I mean, which is I'm assuming the the main part of your job, right? Anthony is right. making sure everything runs right or what, what yeah. is it that you do all right so i uh, i ask i ask that question sometimes no is, i don't it's fine <laughs> I, have a, I have an excel sheet that i make change colors every now and again um no i all right so i i guess i i make sure that the ship 
is adequately filled and is floating on a on a pretty good course to to profitability, I guess. And then I just let Thomas know, hey, we need to buy more of this or we're running low on this kind of stock. But I kind of help uh, send in product to all of our fulfillment channels, make sure that they're adequately stocked and that people are happy with what they're buying. I guess that's more of your... Your realm. Make sure people are happy. I deal with all the ones that whine and complain about something getting there two days too late. <laughs> but so unacceptable. What so, so what you're saying is uh, is your job is uh, is to keep a full ship. Yes. Okay. Mm. So in your guys's partnership here, would you say that Thomas, you're kind of the creative ideas guy, and Anthony, you're more of the responsible. Let's make sure this is all. Our, our ducks are in a row guy. I think if someone had a gun to my head to make me forcibly say that, then yes, but I don't think I would ever admit it to Thomas that I'm the responsible one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just did. No, it's... It's forever ingrained in cyberspace. <laughs> no, I, I would say that... Uh, I mean, good way. So I was running the company basically solo. I'd pull on a couple of folks here and, uh, and there in the past that would help me either with quality control or... Um, you know, we had Ryan Jose for a while that he did a great job kind of getting us into these multi-channel marketplaces like Amazon and eBay and, and then really getting the sites up to speed. But uh, but what ended up happening is when, when, you're, when you're moving thousands of product, you know, thousands of units every single month, uh, it, it all needs to be managed in such a way so that you never have a short, you know, there's never a shortage of, of something in inventory. I mean, we're talking, we've, you asked about the number of SKUs and we've got, oh my gosh, uh, for each. So you have one style and then let's say that style has two colors and then let's say that style has what? Five sizes. Five sizes. So that's 10 SKUs that you have to manage and make sure that you buy enough of, in fact, right now we're in the middle of this getting ready for the Christmas season. Um, exactly knowing, okay, well, how many people have size 10 feet versus size 12 feet? Oh, and wow. making sure that you know you keep those in stock because if you get they come out of stock, people don't end up buying. They end up having a negative experience and have some problems. So I was doing a lot of that all on my own. I wasn't really running the ship well. You know, I was really good at kind of floating a fishing vessel, but uh, we were slowly becoming the size of like a yacht. And so we pulled Anthony on in two thousand and fifteen. Two thousand fifteen. Late two thousand fifteen. Um, and we. Uh, I said, hey, I just, I need help making sure that all of the stores are good and that everything's all right as far as, you know, customers getting their product. And uh, we brought him on board and within a year he quintupled, quadrupled, probably quadrupled the output just because we were able to, uh, you know, he was able to manage all of what was happening. And so that's, that's so hold, hold on. <laughs> Four four x top top line revenue in a year after Anthony got brought on board. That was let's see top line revenue. I would say that's that's number of units moved. Um, but yeah. we've had we've been able to have consistent two x financial growth to between two and two point two five year to year since Anthony's been brought. That's on. all. I mean that's that's something, man. Yeah, it's it's been fun to watch and. He doesn't give himself enough credit. He was he his boat that was floating was doing really good before mm -hmm. I came on. It wasn't he wasn't sinking it by any means. He he was taking it and it was going in a great direction. He I was just fortunate enough to 
to be on a deserted island at the time he was passing by. <laughs> this analogy. All right, I think I, 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 I think I think we've done a great job with the boating analogy. Good job. Good job. All right, but uh, just I want to real quick to finish. Yeah. Just the uh, so where we're at now is I am I am the one that kind of envisions. Okay, this is what the products are going to look like. This is the direction that we're going. Um, is what we're buying, and then Anthony just makes sure that uh, that they get in front of people, that people are are happy with uh, what they're buying. You know, we manage our reviews, we manage make sure that everything is uh, is just taken care of that way. So yeah, I would say that I'm kind of the visionary that makes sure that the Kaiback brand goes where we want it, and then uh, I always ask Anthony permission before I do anything. <laughs> so <laughs> smart. Um, all right, I, if it's all right, I'd like to take it back a little bit to where your entrepreneurial journey kind of started. Um, so maybe Thomas, you can answer that. Was Kaiback the first business that you ever started? Were you the type of kid with lemonade stands? Like, how did it start for you? Where did it start? Um, I was the one that, uh, you know, I, I wanted to paint my neighbor's rocks gold and sell them to all my friends. Uh, <laughs> Not even your rocks. No, they would be cool because I didn't have the cool looking rocks. The neighbor had the nice ones. And my dad said, you can't do that because uh, because you, they pay for rocks. And I was like, they paid for rocks? I was like, well, I got to get into that industry. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and so I started kind of that, that whole mindset. I didn't do a whole lot through high school. I worked in retail. Uh, but I, uh, Mission Shoe was the first brand. I ended up serving a, a Mormon mission, an LDS mission there in Brazil. And I went through three pairs of American shoes in nine months. Um, just burned through them. And I'm not a heavy guy. I'm, I'm very lightweight. Uh, and so I was trying to figure out, you know, I'm, I'm burning through these shoes. And so then I, I found a pair of shoes that were down there in Brazil that I went, uh, one pair of shoes lasted me 11 and a half months, walking an average of 20 miles a day. So then when I came back, I got in contact with the company that manufactured these. I said, hey, I've got a great opportunity. I'd like to start importing. I was newly married at the time. I remember the morning I leaned, leaned over. I was in bed with, uh, with my wife. We woke up. I leaned over and I said, honey, I want to start importing shoes out of Brazil. And she says, okay, how much is it going to cost? It's <laughs> like, I don't know, a couple thousand dollars. And she's like, do we have it? I was like, sure. And uh, Did you did. not have it? I, I had some, I mean, you know, it was, we were poor, newly married. I mean, so I mean were we you, had some money. Yeah. Were, were you buying inventory with credit cards? Like, like no, how, how did you fund, how did you fund the just very first order of inventory? Savings. Hmm. We just, we, we had, I had a good job at the time. She was going to Arizona state to finish her degree. Um, and I was, uh, I was making good money for, for where I was at. And, and we, uh, so I, I did that and we brought it into my, my, uh, three bedroom apartment, two bedroom apartment. We had. Our bedroom, we had the room full of shoes, and then um, I fired up a website back in 2008 when it was the, the missionary footwear scene was kind of not that but online. No one was doing it, and so we got we broke early into that market. And I remember when I had my first sale, and I was like, "Wow, someone found me and actually bought stuff." Um, but that first year, that we, from there we just we built the mission shoe uh, through 2008, nine, ten. Graduated from college in 2010. Oh, you did this all this during all, college. Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big supporter of the side hustle and turning it pro if it does well. Like mm. building a laboratory, hmm. taking a couple thousand dollars, sticking in a bank account, and just be like, if I lose all this, I don't care because it's cheaper than a that's cheaper than a degree. Oh, uh, like 
when a professor goes and tells you and says, well, this is going to work when you get out into the marketing field and you can go back and be like, it didn't work because I just tried it last week. What did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. Instead of, oh yeah, no, I'm going to, uh, you know, I've, theoretically this all works. And as soon as I graduated from college, it wasn't quite enough to live off of. So I picked up several consulting gigs that basically were guys that just said, I want you to do what you've done here to our company. And, and I did. I did that for a couple of years. What you've done here, meaning for with, with Mission, Mission Shoe? Shoe. Oh, okay. Yeah, they saw the growth with Mission so Shoe. So were they, I mean, with the early days of Mission Shoe, for sure, you were doing everything. You were importing, probably making decisions on design, the marketing, operations. What aspect of that did the people that hired you to consult for them want you to do for them? They they wanted me to do everything. They wanted me, I mean... Put yourself out of business with our business. Like, I mean, well, they, it wasn't, there wasn't with shoes. Like the, the first one picked up was called a company called Auto and Art. Um, and they were aftermarket retail or aftermarket, uh, like window regulators and stuff for cars. Oh, okay. And they had an eBay presence, but they didn't have a web presence. So we redesigned everything. We had, uh, there were 12,000 SKUs that we had to, <laughs> that we had to navigate through. And you did the sourcing for them and, and figured it all out. Oh, uh, the sourcing, no, that one was all taken care of on that one. We okay. didn't have to worry about product distribution that was in a different ball court but yeah mine was just was the branding making sure everything looked the same uh we got their website from 1200 bucks a month to some you know close to 12,000 within about 12 months hmm. um which still wasn't huge it's still, but it's good growth but that was going starting from nothing to something yeah uh, well they were still so how how long did you do the consulting on the side before uh I guess it wasn't Kai back at the time. It was Mission Shoe. Before it was Mission Shoe. Mission Shoe was ready to have you full full time. Uh, that was uh, 2015. Um, oh, okay. So uh, Mission Shoe made some great gravy on the side. Um, and uh, and I would do the consulting. And it was nice to kind of get out of. I would get myself in this pigeonhole. And I would hate. You know, I, I wouldn't be able to know what to do with Mission Shoe. And then I'd go out and I'd work with a company I'm consulting with. And then I'd get all these ideas. And I'd bring them back. And I'd try them. And vice versa. Hmm. And uh, so your side hustle fed your main business and vice versa. It did. How important do you think that is for people who maybe they have a job or they have an idea to start a business, but they're not ready to jump in 100%? How important is the is it for their main job to be related to their side hustle? Ooh, related. That's a good question. I don't think it need. I mean, it... it you want to have the experience. I mean, one of the, when I coach certain entrepreneurs, they're like, I'm really excited to go into, you know, uh, baseball stuff. And you're like, well, what do you know about baseball stuff? You're like, well, I really like the Yankees. You, you really want to get some form of experience. But at the same time, when I started Mission Shoe, I didn't know much about shoes. I started from the ground up. Um, so I, I feel like it's important to... If you have to work a real job while you run your side hustle, do it. My recommendation is always don't make your real job a full-time. If you can live in a 30-hour or 25-hour-a-week job and kind of bring your bring your budget down to that and then you have – because what happens is people are like, oh, I work 40 hours a week. And then on the weekends, I work on this or at night. Well, guess what? Your personal life is going to suck. Uh, your, <laughs> your weekends are going to be miserable. And your wife is going to want to leave you. And so <clears throat> unless you're not married, in which case you just won't have a, you know, won't have a life. But I feel like if you can get, you know, work it in and say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to work this, 
you know, 20, 30 hour a week, and then I'm going to spend 15 to 20 hours a week on this other company, and then eventually phase out one or the other, depending on which one's more successful. Because hmm. um, I'm not going to lie, not, not everyone should be an entrepreneur. Um, you, you really have to have, I mean, it's like cliff jumping. Sometimes you just got to balls up and jump uh, and make it. And it's kind of scary, but uh, it's, uh, it takes a certain special kind of person to be that stupid, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's a good question. How do you know if you are that kind of person without jumping off a cliff and dying? Like, is, there, is there a safer way to know if, if you are a, an entrepreneur, if you're built for stuff like that? Anthony, you want to? Oh, yeah, I'm going to pass this over to oh, Anthony boy. because. So real quick before Anthony jumps in, I, when I pulled Anthony from uh, off the, the job market, the world, the job world, uh, he was determined that he wanted to go and work for a big company and with a nice 401k and all of these, <laughs> these great things. And I convinced him to come work for the, uh, for the small guy. And it was best decision we ever made was, uh, was, was hiring you on. And I think you might echo that. Maybe not. Maybe this is the wrong place to put you on the spot about it. But. Yeah, this is a terrible <laughs> spot. I don't want to. No. Two weeks notice. Here you go. <laughs> By the way, I'm, no, I would, uh, yeah, so I guess a little bit uh, for myself, I had worked, um, I, I never did a lemonade stand in high school. I didn't, uh, I did a lot of manual labor. I grew up on a on an orchard in the Pacific Northwest they, that's classified as a farm. But uh, here in Idaho, it's definitely not. It's more like a, a green ever patch. Um, but uh, so I did a lot of that in uh, growing up. I did a lot of hard labor. I got to college, learned about what people do for with their lives and thought that then that's what I needed to go and do. And I worked for a few companies uh, here locally um, and quickly learned I didn't I didn't want to work for people. Um, I, at least I didn't want to be told how to do my job uh, according to uh, the P&Ls of the company, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I thought, well, I want to do my own thing. And so that's, uh, I, I started uh, a little side hustle um, doing silicone cupcake molds. Uh -huh. <laughs> hold, hold on. How'd you get into <laughs> silicone cupcake mold? That sounds so random. How'd yeah. that even, how'd uh, you even have the idea to well, do that? Well, yeah, so I was looking at things to buy that didn't, because I didn't have a lot of capital mm. at the time. In fact, I didn't do any cash. It was all finance on a credit card, Oh, it this, did. this purchase. So then I was looking at things that had a little, uh, a little minimum order quantity, and then also the cost of the item was relatively low. So I and be, when you say looking, uh, what do you mean? Like uh, online, I was going online. Online where? Uh, I went to a, a, a nice site called Alibaba.com. Oh, Alibaba. Yeah, Alibaba. <laughs> and uh, so I went. And, and were you purely? Uh, sorry, no, I, fine. this could be valuable to somebody listening who has sure. no idea what Alibaba is. I don't know. So Alibaba is a is a huge sourcing site that sell basically everything under the sun um you could uh i haven't looked myself but i'm sure you could find the plastic bottles that water goes into for which you could buy and then try to resell to water companies <laughs> um so that's the kind of company i mean it's it's basically it's walmart it's amazon it's everything put in together onto this one site and I'll you can buy it account. in bulk so then you can resell it massive later. quantities to yeah. then so uh, with, with a site that sells literally everything, how, how did you narrow it down to something that you think that you could sell like cupcake? 
holders. So I, I browsed category by category on the left-hand side of that screen, uh, started in apparel, and <laughs> it immediately went to women's apparel, uh, the naughty kind. So I quickly said, I don't want any part of that. I'm out. <laughs> and uh, just went through it. So I went to uh, like uh, baby apparel. I'm trying to remember how it went. It was babies, and then it was oh cookware. And then I got into cookware. I was like, okay, this could be interesting because uh, I like the Yankees, right? Or I like to eat. So I thought, well, I could do, <laughs> I could do some damage here. And so I uh, I went to cookware, and then I went into like cooking supplies, and then just went from there, went to spatulas. And at the time, I had seen in stores this silicone or rubber type things, and they seemed to be doing well. And so I thought... What do you mean they seemed to be like... They, they were appearing, I guess they were appearing everywhere in stores, in our local supermarkets and Walmart and Kmart. Okay. And so then I guess I judged and thought, hey, this would be something that someone could sell because yeah. they seem to be appearing everywhere. Not quite understanding the whole, the market's already flooded, mm-hmm. don't buy, stay away from so it. You so didn't, you didn't like go on Amazon and see what they were selling for, listing for. It, your your strategy was was maybe a little bit more gut than based off some data that you found. Right, initially, and then once I found the product that I thought could be good, then I went to Amazon to look at what people were pricing them at. Gotcha. So then I could get an idea of, okay, what could be my gotcha. my profitability here? So would you say you don't have to understand or be a, a student of Amazon and know exactly how all the numbers and all the analytics works in order to have some success in buying products from Alibaba and selling them? Yeah, I'd say you don't have to have a full amount. It definitely helps. Sure. Because um, I sold a, I sold quite a few right away, um, but I also got stuck with quite a few later on. Um, so, so this is a cautionary tale. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> well, did you get stuck with some later on with the credit card? No, I, I thankfully I paid everything off. Oh, okay, but then um, all the woes of Amazon and and yeah. jumping on other people's listings kind of caught up with me, and mm-hmm. I still have. Uh, well, yeah, I still have some. Full disclosure, fine. I said it. I still have some, <laughs> and they're uh, they're they're sitting in our warehouse right now. Yeah. Oh, uh, we so. we use them as pagers. When you have headphones on, you can you just throw them. At you the just throw person. them at the other person. <laughs> so they they're getting used yes yeah. no they're they're still getting their, their full use so and, and then sorry i really interrupted your story i want to dive into that because i know a great. lot of people don't know that you can do stuff like that no that's, i that's, didn't know that that's true you told i me, so. um oh really that's interesting a while ago but yeah okay <laughs> not today um, not today it's like six years ago. i got all sidetracked where where was i you're telling your story your entrepreneurial story that led to you working for mission Ship. gotcha 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 okay so then i did my own thing and i thought this is really good but i don't have enough capital to to, to keep going. Um, and so then I thought, well, maybe I'm not fit to be an entrepreneur. Maybe I need to go back to the quote unquote real world and do things the way that people have done it forever and just suck it up and think, well, if I don't like it, so what? I got a family to feed. So then I started looking for jobs and they had, you know, they had some nice things like uh, paternal leave and 401ks <laughs> and all sorts of, you know, a chef food everywhere which we've already visited i like um so i you know that would, and i i don't know this the whole process uh it didn't didn't go well at all um i had a couple of interviews and no callbacks and and then uh so that i could 
at least eat ramen. I, I did some side hustles or some side jobs with Thomas doing piecework. Doing what? Piece? Piecework. Uh, basically preparing the sandals that we now have. We pay by the box uh, for people to prep them or gotcha. repack so them, et cetera. Box comes from China. Correct. You take it out, take the product out, put your packaging on it or, or put your the, the correct labels for Amazon and then send it to Amazon. Right. Correct. And it's okay. a queue. It's a quality control. So like, yeah. you know, when we talk about peace work, you know, I mean, like, like we, we want peace, not war, but not like that kind of peace work. <laughs> P-I-E. P-I-E. Like, like pie, which is more in Anthony's ballpark. <laughs> correct. <laughs> The but, picture people are painting of me must just be this, this small head they, on this massive body. They can't body. see you. I know they can't see you, and I already told them that I'm a head, I'm a lightweight. You're a lightweight. I'm a lightweight. This is oh, I feel so. You Laurel, need to take a Laurel picture. and Hardy right now. No, so anyway, so then I uh, I was doing that to at least have some type of of income, um, and then uh, I just, you know we talked to Thomas. I had known Thomas at this point. I had known Thomas previously, um, and he had come come into. Uh, the place that I was working at, to clarify, I wasn't working for the man. I was working for a different man, but an entrepreneur man, where I learned tricks of the trade as well. Um, that's how we met. So anyway, so we had a, a previous good relationship there, personal relationship. And then he extended me the offer to, hey, come on board. And at that point, I knew uh, already that we, we meshed pretty well as a as as people coexisting in a, in a workspace. So I thought, well, what the heck? Uh, at the time, I thought, what do I have to lose? I'm already not making <laughs> hardly any money. How could it get worse? And so then I jumped on, and then the the, the chemistry that, that we have, uh, you know, kind of mentioned before, um, is it's a good working professional relationship. <laughs> oh, I'm getting deeper in this rabbit hole. So anyway, so we work really well together. It uh, flourishes, and so that's when... Right early on, I knew that I could I could continue to do this and make a living out of it. Yeah, and that I mean it wasn't really that long ago. No, it wasn't. And I mean, would you have imagined that you would have found this level of? I broke the chair. You, you want to talk about you liking pie? I just broke a chair. Oh, people are thinking, what are they like in Idaho? Right. So big. Again. <laughs> this is this is. Oh, it's not my chair. That oh, good. Oh, Oof. this is just the podcast the intern, chair. Intern, intern chair. In, intern's chair is now broken. No, that's fine. Um, I don't remember what question I was going to ask you, uh-huh. so I'm going to ask you a different question. Okay. You you talked about, you said like I had nothing to lose, so you went kind of. I mean, it was technically a job, but it's still very entrepreneurial. Yes, very. Uh, so I'm interested in, in maybe both of you guys' perspective in risk and how that plays a factor in entrepreneurship. Uh, granted, you guys are doing really well now. Um, I, I, I imagine no entrepreneur is ever completely out of the woods, but maybe talk to me a little bit about a time that sticks out in your mind where you really felt the weight of the risk. Oh, I, I right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. oh well, we're, we're planning our, 2000, our 2018 lines. And so now it's like, okay, you know, we've got X amount of dollars. What are we, what are we buying? What are we going to introduce? And, and hopefully, you know, the world likes whatever we choose. Uh, I will tell you, so you heard Anthony's little story to come in to, uh, to Kaibak and, and do what we're doing. When I hired Anthony, when I brought him on board, 
Um, it was it was probably one of the scariest things I'd ever done. Hmm. Um, I could not afford Anthony when I hired him. Hmm. I actually took a small pay cut myself. Um, there were there was actually months that he would earn more than me, and uh, there were months that I would because I had you know I I met those obligations, and uh, I basically said. Look, uh, you know, we I've got three months. Let's see what happens over the next three months. If we grow to a certain point, then we're going to look over the next three months. And it very much was a you know like three months. I've got three months until like we're done. Like like were you out of business in three months if this didn't work? In the Princess Bride, there's a there's a a quote that Wesley said that the dead Dread Pirate Robert said to him, and he said, "Good night, Wesley. Good work. I'll most likely kill you in the morning." That was basically every three months was good work, Anthony. Sleep well. You most likely won't have a job in three months. And then it worked after three months. And so we'd say, okay, well, let's rearrange some things. And we go another three months until finally it got to the point where I realized that my risk had paid off. And we would not have grown as we've grown without the synergy that we have working together um, uh, that we've been able to kind of move forward with. So you know, getting the right people is incredibly important. I was very much a maverick. I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to do this thing. I'll pull one or two people in. Uh, but I had just left my consulting gig. So that was a, that was a, that was a really, really nice paycheck that came in every month um, consulting. So I had finished up with that. Their company had sold um, to another, another person. I phased myself out. Didn't like the management very much. Uh, and so then I, I phased myself out there and then went basically full support on my own company and hiring somebody who has to support his family and uh, and hoping in, in hopes that we're going to grow over the next 10 months. Yeah, I mean, setting aside the amount of food that Anthony eats, he's also got a wife and two kids. Correct. Yeah, so, I mean, Thomas, you felt that burden as well, right? I, I really do. And I, I mean, to get kind of, I guess, a little personal on this when. Uh, being a business owner, one of my favorite things about being an entrepreneur is being able to say or, that what I built feeds a certain amount of people. I mean, some people mm-hmm. see uh, people that work for you as an expense. I don't see that. I see that those people are people that are eating and living and growing and existing because of something that I started almost 10 years ago. And I, I mean, that is probably the most rewarding piece mm-hmm. of all of the risk and all of the nights of like, how am I going to pay for this? And on all the times that someone told me, wow, this product is crap, uh, because I don't know if you realize this listeners, all seven of you <laughs> and, and Kyle's mother, these negative reviews that you leave on Amazon, believe it or not, they're people that read them. And they're people that produce it. And so I'd read these and they're like, this this sandal fell apart and I was so mad at it. And I had no idea that there was a problem with it. No one ever said anything to me or it was defective. And and we, you know, we tried to reach out and fix it. And they're like, I just don't want anything. So it's kind of this, uh, th- this relationship. I, I give a little bit of my product. It's like here, you know, accept it world. And the world either says, this is garbage. Or they say, yeah, this is really good. But, uh, but that's probably the most rewarding part. And that was super risky for me. Uh, I mean, I went into the hole a little bit at that point to make sure that this was going to work. And uh, luckily, Anthony didn't just putz around. He got work done and 
4x sales i I, i'd say it's it's job well done bro i well thank you i uh to i guess the other side of that story uh from the the worker bee side um work don't call yourself a worker bee i'm not a worker bee i'm even wearing stripes you are wearing stripes (laughs) i no i guess i um during that time that that probationary period so to speak um i knew that when i came to work i had to i had to really prove myself kind of and then there existed a point in time where I thought, okay, do I really know what I'm doing? Do I really know that I, do I really know the value that I'm bringing? Like, it, this was like a reality check of, hmm. okay, I've kind of hyped myself up a little bit enough to be hired. Can I actually pull this off? Hmm. Or is it just going to be um, playing at a computer making colors on, on a screen? And, uh, and th- I don't know. I think that that exists, at least for myself, uh, and the early stages that I, I knew was like, okay, I had to have the confidence in myself and say, you know what you're doing. You know that you're good at it. You've had results in the past. Just have confidence in the abilities that you, you have. Bring them, bring your full effort, you know, don't slack off, but bring your full effort and, and it'll work out as long as you're doing the best that you have. So I have two questions, one for Anthony, one for Thomas. Do you, so Anthony, uh, when it ta- when it comes to skill set, what you're good at, what you feel you're confident at, the value that you bring to the table, how is there a fine line between being confident in something that you're not actually that good at, so that you can land a job, land a client, uh, see some potential, but between like you're just lying to yourself and everybody else, you're not actually that good at it. Like, what? How do you strike the, the appropriate balance? Fake it no, till you make it. That's, <laughs> Um, that's a great question because I do think that there exists a, a level of that in in the world of well, I know I know how to count to ten in Russian, so I basically speak Russian. I'm gonna put it down. Um, I'm gonna put it down. <laughs> so I, I do. I think that that I think uh, I think the keyword you talked uh, you mentioned there before is uh, you tell yourself. I think it's really hard to lie to yourself if you really have a, that conversation with yourself. Say, okay, am I good at this? You yourself know if you are or aren't good at it. And if you can literally uh, ask yourself that question of, okay, can I pull this off? Am I good at this one skill? Mm-hmm. And if you in your, your heart of hearts or in your the truest nature of yourself, if you can adequately answer that yes or no, I think that's how you, yeah. you adequately can tell what, yourself. What if it changes? I mean, I assume, I assume a lot of people may, may be this way. Like, you... Some days you're confident as all get out. I'm the best ex in the world, whatever it is. And then the next day you're like, oh, wow, I suck at this. How did no, I do that's, uh, So uh, recently uh, we had uh, Prime Day. Amazon Prime Day just happened. Oh, yeah. Happened. And uh, I spent an entire day going through all the AdWords <laughs> campaigns uh-huh. and revamping numbers and ad budgets and keywords and negative keywords. And I did all of the, the ad campaigns that we had. And then as the day was going by, we were having good sales numbers, and I was checking the ad reports, making sure we weren't spending too much money and stuff. (laughs) There was not a single sale from all of the work that I had done the day before. Not a single (laughs) one. And uh, and so then I was like, okay, so maybe I'm not as good at this as I thought I was. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, the day after, I would check back at the previous day, and all of a sudden orders had shown up. So it wasn't... It wasn't in a full like real time reporting. It hadn't populated, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so then I looked and I was like, okay, I, 
I am I am as good at this as I as I thought I did. But all that I learned on the job. I guess like that's how it changed for me. Before, yeah. if you were to have asked me two years ago if I could do uh, a PPC campaign on Amazon, I would have said uh, no, definitely can't. I wouldn't uh, even lie about it because that's your money I'm spending. Well, even in that in that example that you shared, one day you thought maybe I'm not that good at it, even though the seven days before you were pretty confident in it, right. and then the day after you were back to being confident. Yeah. So maybe the lesson there is don't judge yourself in absolutely. from one day. From one or, day. Or, I mean, no, absolutely. I think uh, you can't just because something bad happened one day or your sales tanked mm-hmm. doesn't mean all of a sudden that you're ready to give up entrepreneurship or yeah. that, oh, the product you have is crap. Uh, you just have to you just have to understand that the ebbs and flows of entrepreneurialism yeah. exist and they're a real thing. You so would you say it's it's it. uh, the the opposite would also be true that if you suck at what you do every single day and <laughs> I mean a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while <laughs> it would do. <laughs> um, gosh, yes. I, no. You're like, I've never been in that boat. <laughs> I've Anthony never been a squirrel this, before. This squirrel sees everything. <laughs> no, can lying. we go back to boat analogies? Yeah, I was really good boat? at the boat analogies. <laughs> the blind boat captain. Oh, no, I guess I don't know. Well, uh, if you want to go back to that, then does that mean you're Gilligan? No, way too, way nah, too fat to be Gilligan. Okay. <laughs> way right, too right, fat skipper. to be Gilligan. Uh, no, I don't know. Well, but I have to, so I have to add, I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot, and maybe I apologize, but the other thing that happened. What was that? was silica pad oh, in oh. my pocket. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's funny because. The UPS you, lady yeah, just UPS walked in. Here. I didn't hear because I got my headphones in. I saw her the entire time and knew she was coming. I felt, I feel bad. I should have given you a heads up. That, oh, hey, I. She's behind you. I about swore on the pod. I'm so sorry, mom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm I'm bummed that that REI package isn't one of ours. Yeah, seriously. Wow. But uh, well, so so getting what uh, Anthony. Something else that happened that was a mistake, and this is where uh, you know as you're the business owner, the people that you bring on they're going to make mistakes, and you just have to be cool with it. Like I just, you know, you can't sit there and be like I can't believe. So that same time we had a whole uh, sale. We were running a full sale on a cu- couple of our different styles. And we, uh, I, I, the next morning, I said, yeah. "Hey, Anthony, uh, how you know how are the sales going?" And he goes over and he says, "They're gone." It's like, "What do you mean they're gone? Like we sold out?" He's like, "No, there, there's no sale." Well, apparently, when you set it up to say, you know, let's say you want to end it on the 18th, it ends it at like 12:01 a.m. on the 18th, and oh. not at like 11:59 p.m. on the 18th. Uh. So we had set up the sale to end right before Prime Day started. <laughs> <laughs> so and it was kind of like and he's like hang on I gotta fix this and he gets in and he fixed it and yeah. you know we were able to Prime Day ended up being the best sales day in the history of the company this last Prime Day which oh, was awesome as the business people say it was a BDE oh yes the B D biggest day ever uh, EVA uh, is how that's spelled oh uh, okay that's, because re- you know read that down. you gotta connect with the millennials it's EVA mm. and we got gotcha. and the acronyms too it's all about it's all about acronyms with the millennials, right? LOL, yeah. smiley face. BT doves. But, uh, but yeah, so people, they're going to make mistakes. And, and you just, like I said, you just kind of have to roll with with what's happening and, and realize that you're also making mistakes. And, and uh, as long as you trust the people that you have on your team, 
you're all going to grow together. And like I said, that was, I mean, we had, what we had projected, we did an additional, mm-hmm. let's see, that was what, 35% above? Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was above yeah. our projected and our projected oh, wow. was really good. And it blew that one, we blew our goal out of the water. Maybe it was 60%. No, the, the, pro- the projected number was 60% above what we did last year. And we did an additional 30% on top of what we projected. So we had wow. so 95%. Wow. Um, so we, we hit the goal, and now we get to go golfing as yeah, a yeah. reward next week in Dregs. That'll be exciting. Nice. That, but, uh, that'll be, that'll yeah, be that was, fun. That was, our, that was our, if we if we beat it, that was our goal. And, cool. Um, so I, I, I want to go back a little bit to when you said that you first hired uh, Anthony. You kind of took a slight pay took cut. A pay cut. Um, it was stressful. It was a long, it was tough, right? Uh, for entrepreneurs Correct. that maybe don't have employees yet, uh, they're just getting started. It's kind of a one-man show. Uh, what advice would you have for them? I mean, obviously, you got to hire people or bring on partners eventually. Do you hire ahead of your growth? What advice do you have? Ooh, ooh. Hire ahead of your growth. Uh, mm, that was the only time I ever hired ahead of my growth, and it was a risk that paid off. Um, I would say that... All right, so I wasn't gonna go into this, but I will, okay. which is probably my first my first problem. A <laughs> uh, Particularly if you're looking for a right hand man, okay? If you're Picard and you're looking for your Riker, I don't get that reference. Star unfortunate, Trek. unfortunately, uh, you don't. It I'm would sorry. Be. I could say if you're a Han and you're looking for your Chewbacca. If you're a Michael Jordan, you're looking for your Pippin. Mm. Right. So the, the, the main... <laughs> Thanks, Anthony's <laughs> speaking on my level over here. <laughs> I'm translating Thomas to Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how do, we, how do we move from sci-fi to sports? <laughs> it's like, it's like when, when you're Tiger Woods and you're trying to find your tree. Oh, Oh, taking, that's why, that's why I have a translator here, (laughs) which super side note. So one time I came back from Europe and Anthony was my translator because I had slept like three or eight hours in a total of like 48 plus or anyway, I traveled all across Europe and had barely slept on a plane. And so I come back and I'm, I'm speaking like a drunk person. Like I can't even put sentences together. And Anthony's like translating to the rest of the people in the office. Like, no, what he's really saying is this. Full disclosure, it wasn't like a drunk person. Drunk people can be understood. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't even coherent. I wasn't even coherent. But. Uh, you were going to get into something. Yeah. So so Picard, <laughs> Riker, uh, Jordan, Pippin, Woods Tree. So when you're, when you're looking for that individual... It's kind of like when you're, it really is like you're dating. Like you're in this, yeah, see that Anthony's over here, give me this look. <laughs> you have to make sure that you click. Like it, it, if you're in a corporate office and everyone has to kind of, everyone has to get along because it's an office, it, that's one thing. And you have other people that are like, well, I'm tired of talking to this person, so I'm gonna go over here and talk to this person. When there's two of you in an office, you have to be able to get along with each other. Um, and so I feel like reg- you want them to be qualified and you want to hire your most qualified candidate, but at the same time, give a probationary period to make sure that you are really comfortable uh, hmm. with that person. Make sure that 
you know, if you're sitting in the office together and one of you is having a bad day, like, you know, you can deal with it um, because mm-hmm. they're like, you know, last Wednesday I was having a terrible day and uh, and I was just I was just angry. And uh, and you know, Anthony knew, OK, well, these are not the buttons that I push and and and, and I'm going to keep it light and and vice versa. There have been times when Anthony comes in and I could tell it's like, look, I'm just not going to I'm just not going to talk to him. And uh, you have to be able to have the symbiotic relationship, the synergy when you're a two man, when you go from a one man to two man show. So would you prioritize the relationship, the the more EQ side of things over the the job that needs to be done in that first? Legally, legally, no, <laughs> no, you always hire for. No, I mean, there, you do have to make sure you have to find a happy yeah. balance. Um, I mean, when you think about when you've worked in your previous in your previous locations and you had people that you can force yourself to get along to a certain extent. Right. But you can be great friends and not get anything done. And it doesn't help the company either. Exactly. Interesting. So your advice for entrepreneurs in that situation would be what to to hire a friend and give them a probationary period or. I don't know if I'd say hire a friend. I wouldn't. I would I, say don't no friends. Mm. Um, well, not. Definitely don't hire your best friend. No, no. If you hire, if you hire a best friend, it's gonna. I, I, there are very few situations I've known that that ends up being a good idea. I would just say, I would say you look for the qualities in which you lack, or in the, in the the areas that you need help in, and then once you gather your pool of those people, then you look for okay, which ones could I mesh with uh, socially or. Not to say that you'd go out and you'd go to to dinner after work because that would be weird, but <laughs> no. But before, I mean, right. go out to lunch. Yeah. If they golf, go golf. If right. they if they like something, you know, really kind of get to know who that person is, um, because you know there are times when we're working till you know seven o'clock at night. There are times when we both went to Las Vegas, and um, we we jumped in a car, went to Las Vegas. Uh, for a trade show and we're in Las Vegas and we had to make sure I mean, we're, it was, gosh, it was three days. We're in the car at the same time right. for hours. We're bunking out in a hotel. We're, you know, having to work with, um, with suppliers. And if you don't have that level of synergy, it gets annoying really, really quick. Right. Hmm. Interesting. That, so, that's, that's good to know for, yeah. Future, future use, thing. yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Look for the skills you lack, and then see if when you bring that person on, or you know, when you have an idea of who you want, then see, okay, how would they be on a three-day road trip to Vegas? Yeah, with no AC and only jerky to eat. Was that your situation? No, no. but I think that would be a good <laughs> test. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if both of you would be sitting on this couch if that was your. <laughs> no, it was it was a Hyundai Elantra with. With AC and we had good food, really, really good food. Yeah, we, the kings. We went to, we did the Wicked Spoon in the Cosmopolitan there, and mm. in uh, Las Vegas, we we hit our sales goal in last August, and so we're like, well, we got to go out and and eat, and so, and you know, I'm gonna add that too. Celebrate your wins. Yes, um, absolutely. I, I was uh, so I just finished my uh, my MBA at Utah State University. And one of my professors was the uh, CFO of Briar, I'm sorry, Dryer's Ice Cream, 
um, before they sold and uh, took the company, grew it a lot. And one of the things that they had in, in dryers was that they would have these big events like, oh, we just hit this monumental mark and they would spend probably excessive amounts of money um, really just making sure all of the employees got to celebrate together. And that's something I'm really starting to understand is how important it is to, oh, hey, here's a bonus you didn't expect or, oh, hey, I'm going to take care of everyone to go to, to lunch. Um, our assistant, we uh, we decided it was her birthday, and we just surprised. you decided it was her birthday. We decided we decided it was today is your birthday because it's convenient for <laughs> it's us. Convenient for us. Today's the day you're born. Whose assistant are you? You're our assistant. Therefore, today is your birthday. That's what being a CEO is all about. So when it was her birthday, we said, uh, "I said, well, where do you want to go? Let's go." And uh, we learned later that that was. That was her yeah. birthday. Like that was it. Like oh really? Yeah. She even was so her... busy that day that that was the only time she had to celebrate her birthday, and it ended up being a real positive experience there at work. So I, I think that those are you know those are important. Our our um when we do Super Saturdays, yes, we'll get a whole bunch of people to do a bunch of quality control at the same time. We pump up music. We've got pizza. We end up having a real big party, and uh, and it ends up being a really positive experience for everybody in the room. So. Hmm celebrate really celebrate if yeah uh, I remember there was one time I bought a um, actually bought a firearm that I said I cannot I cannot fire this this is this is my bonus if I hit this certain sales goal um, and it was my incentive and mm. eventually I got it and um, and I was able to go out and go shooting and and had a, a real positive experience you know being able to achieve that goal so Celebrate, and sometimes you're like, "Well, I really should pay off this." No, if it's fifty bucks, you can go out with your significant other to a restaurant. If you hit a certain sales goal, do it because it, you come back the next morning and you want to get more stuff done. Yeah. yeah. Or if you're just starting out and you're living off PB and J's, maybe it's add some honey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, I, I mean, I remember the super beginning days of my business, like. It's kind of depressing, but I would treat myself to junior bacon cheeseburgers at Wendy's. Like that was my big, yeah, my my big one. So like, I think I, I like that. I like that. You just you, you you don't do it all the time because that's how got to earn it. That's how certain companies that we know of uh -huh. start going down the tube is when it's well, we it always has to be a party, otherwise nobody wants to do anything. Yeah. Um, and then it becomes a party all the time. And next thing you know, they're, I mean, my dad used to work for a company in the early 2000s during the dot-com boom, that that was it. It was a party all the time. And the next thing you know, everything dries up. So be cautious with the money you spend, but sure. celebrate. Sure. Well, um, thank you guys so much. Um, we're nearing the end of our podcast here. In closing, um, let's go with one piece of advice each uh, outside of what we've talked about for aspiring entrepreneurs and let's let's take the uh, let's take the perspective of I have a job right now I have a family that depends on me but I also have a really good idea that I would like to start what piece of advice would you give that person you can go first I'm assuming you're is gonna say start with cupcake cups <laughs> <laughs> um, okay so to just to, to clarify they're working a job. They got an idea, though, and they're thinking about going out on their own. Right? Yeah. Okay. They see themselves in a few years being the CEO of their company with this idea that they have today. Okay. I would say, and this is as from somebody that is, I'm not a very big risk taker. I don't do a lot of 
of risks in my life. I would say do it. Do it. Um, take that idea. Start the company you want. Try to make a go at it because um, this just sounds super cheesy, but life's really short. You have no idea what's going to happen. And looking back at that, the shoulda, woulda, couldas will absolutely destroy you. And uh, so take the, take the opportunity. Take the chance. Do what you need to. But also be smart about it. Don't go out and take, you know, a second mortgage out to to start this brand new company. Be smart about it. Start it up. You know, it might be small where you're only doing it uh, on the weekends and your life sucks for that little bit of time. But do be smart about it. Don't uh, don't put everything into one if it's just starting out. That's good advice. Thomas? So there's the, there's the, you're, you're able to be risky but not too risky. Exactly. Mm. See, my initially I wanted to, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm like, well, it makes me think I'm just Gomer Pyle, and it's like, if I can do it, anyone can. <laughs> that was a really good Gomer Pyle. That was awesome. <laughs> I don't know who Gomer Pyle is, but I bet he sounds just <laughs> like that. <clears throat> you got to get your classic TV together. I guess ever since TV Land started, stopped actually playing the old stuff. Yeah, I- I'm one of those millennials. Yeah. <laughs> I just watch YouTubers. Yeah, just get on the YouTube. Get on the YouTube, YouTube Gomer Pyle. Oh gosh, um, I'm gonna kind of reiterate some of the stuff that I had in the I said before, but I'll kind of sum it up. Um, uh, when you start, separate everything. Let's say you say, well, you know what, I'm gonna give this a shot, and I've got five thousand dollars. I'm okay with losing. Mm-hmm. Put it away into its own bank account. Make sure that anyone who has any idea about that money, if you're married, if your mom looks over your account, whatever. Uh, you know, make sure that they realize that that money is already spent. If you're going to start a company, take 5,000, 10,000, whatever you've saved up, put it away and say, if I lose all this, it's okay. Cause it's already done and spent. Like mm. it's already gone. It's not actually money anymore. It's entrepreneurship credits, hmm. right? You just, you just turned it into tokens. Right. Um, <laughs> so when you want, you know, you start there, you separate everything. Um, and I would say, get your, annual income, your household, kind of what your household is doing, bring it down a couple of notches, okay? Live and make it so that you have some extra money from your day job that you either can put away towards that or that you can uh, lean on should there be any any issue. So let's say you're making 75 a year in your nice job, <clears throat> make it so that you're now only living off of 55. Uh, you know, ditch the extra car or, you know, ditch the toys for a while so that you have, you're able to live at 55 because odds are you're not going to be able to pull that same $75,000 salary right when you start your company, right? Right when you switch over, you know, you will take a pay cut. When I switched full time, I did have to take a, a, a bit of a pay cut, but I had set myself up for success to live off of, um, you know, very little per year. So I would say that's your big thing. Just make sure that you have that money that you're set aside, you know, going out and getting a bunch of it, credit cards to try and start something if you're paying interest for something that you don't, that other people don't have an interest in, then you're not going to be making anything. Mm. Um, and so you, you go that direction and really concentrate on stuff. I'll end with this one. Uh, concentrate on stuff that you have experience in, that you or that you know someone with the experience, and uh, really something that other people either don't want to do, can't do, or are unable to do. Huh. Uh, if you want to go out there and say, I'm going to do art because I think I'm a good artist, that's it's, 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 it's a terrible way to go. But if you go out there saying, 
I see a need and I'm going to fulfill that need, then people will pay you money. I mean, people pay money to suck poop out of porta potties, uh. right? And that guy that does the, the poop sucking <laughs> is making a lot of money because no one else wants to do it. Yeah. In the same light, we create a shower sandal because people don't want to get ringworm when they're in Cancun. Great. Uh, that's what we go after. So I guess those are kind of the end notes yeah. there. That's great advice. That's I really like that. Um, well, thank you so much, guys, for coming and chatting with us for a few minutes. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us, Kyle. You're welcome. On this comfy couch here. Uh, yeah. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed this, feel free to give us a rating on iTunes and subscribe to hear more stories from entrepreneurs who are starting businesses in small towns. See you later.